episode let's chat i'm your host chris revel coming right from the cat cave in providence rhode island today's episode is wonderful we have marissa schwartz marissa schwartz is a writer media personality and a singer marissa schwartz does a fuck ton and i'm not kidding she's a singer songwriter a writer a published soon to be published author uh entertainment weekly community contributor and she has a blog as well, and she just does everything. Her work can be seen on the internet, on like Mad, Discovery Girls, Hello Giggles, Huffington Post. You know, it's just everywhere. She's she's everywhere. And Marissa is so nice and so kind, and it was a great way to spend an hour. We were so happy to be joined by guest host uh, this week with Adrian King of Adrian has issues podcast please check that out you can find it on itunes uh facebook twitter uh adrian has been a guest on this show adrian has been nice enough to have me on his show and uh that's why i asked him on here i like to have some rotating guest host back to marissa uh i was pretty shocked so we met on twitter and so i knew she was coming on so i had to do a little research i went to her website marissashorts.com and the thing that strikes me the most was not only has she like written a fuck ton for stuff that I like, she was on MTV, uh, a show called Copycat, Copycat, and I was like, that's really cool. And then I couldn't believe that she also holds the Guinness World Record for world's longest chain of bracelets. She's also a top-rated writer and editor on Fiverr.com. Just she's got some a bunch of books out. She's got a, and she's got to be a published author. Uh, her new book coming out summer 2015, very soon. It will be is called Notes Never Sent, and it's going to be released by VIP Inc. Publishing. Marissa's young too. I think she's in college, and she does so much. And she's hardworking and smart and driven and talented. And I really do believe that this is one of those people that I interview now and then like 10 years from now, I'm going to see MTV hosting some something like and it, it's cool. And there's nothing better than when you meet someone and you can kind of just tell that they've got whatever it is. And they're really nice. Her and Adrian and I had a great hour together and it was just so much fun to record. Marissa also has a blog called myneongreennotebook.blogspot.com. She has a website at uh, marissaschwartz.com where you can find everything. You can even find her music, which I listened to today, and I really liked it. Someone made a comment that one of her songs kind of sounded a little bit like a St. Vincent song. That's a great compliment. Marissa's also on Twitter at, I'm going to have to spell it, at F-E-E-F-E-E-R-T-R. You could also look, just search through the Let's Chat at Let's Chat Podcast Twitter feed. You'll find her on there as well. But uh, I'll put all the links below in the description, of course. Really, please, please go uh, to her website, MercerSchwartz.com. Check out her blog. Go find all of her writing because it's all good. And if you love It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, uh, she's written a ton about it on Entertainment Weekly. And in this episode of Let's Chat, of course, we did some hard-hitting journalism, and we found out that she went to clown camp, and we talk about that. And I think we were talking about Modern Family, and somehow it turned into clown camp, and of course, you get someone on who's been right, known to do all these really cool things, and you find the one thing that they're not, you know, j- jumping out of the page to say, and they're like, oh, I'm Mercer Schwartz, I've done all these great things. 
I also went to clown camp. Uh, Marissa was just, just really, I, I can't stop saying this. Really fun episode. I I just can't wait for you to listen to it. So how about I shut up, you check out com, and listen to this episode if you like. Uh, make sure you find us on facebook.com slash let's us chat. We, there's a let's chat podcast Twitter. It's at let's chat podcast email. Let's chat podcast at gmail.com. Got some great uh, guests coming up in the future. I'm very excited about, you can find our episodes on squarepop.com. Also, this is a, we're as always, we're a production of the misfits podcast network, which I'm honored to be a part of. Chris, shut up and listen to Marissa Schwartz. Yeah, so where, where in Jersey are you from? I just moved to Aberdeen. I used to live in Woodbridge, um, but yeah, I was the sixth generation of my family lived in Woodbridge, but I just moved to Aberdeen like five months ago. I try to, where's Woodbridge? My wife is from Bloomfield. I don't know Bloomfield. Woodbridge is in central Jersey, but I've been Oh, like, okay, yeah, yeah. I, I've been to, like, New Brunswick area a bunch, but never gone anything west of that. Okay, yeah. New Brunswick is kind of close. I've been there a lot. Oh, wait, no, my her aunt and uncle live in, like, Scotch Plains, but I think that's all... Oh, Scott, I went to school in Clark, which is right by Scotch Plains. So okay, I, I like... There's some really good bagels every time I go down there. <laughs> I love it. I... I, I grew up in Connecticut and like, um, but I, I actually love New Jersey and no one ever ever says that, but I, I I love I love going down there. Yeah, I really like New Jersey too. I you know I guess it's that Jersey pride because I am sixth generation of my family to live in Jersey, but yeah, yeah. yeah my my wife I think is the first one her family since like maybe it's her grandparents or great parents I don't know which they came over on the boat and then they all they took a left and no one ever left New Jersey until her. But then she moved to Providence, so it's not, like, that different, because it's still, like, large, densely Italian-American population. Yeah. So we always kind of joke around about that. That's kind of fun. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. Awesome. Um, yeah, so, man, where to start? I, I was just looking at your, uh, your website, and wow. <laughs> I think I was most impressed that you're, you have a Guinness Book of Records for most chains worn. Yeah, I, I made the world's longest chain of bracelets when I was in high school because I'm super competitive. Like, I, I wrote a book about contests when I was in high school because I would enter contests online all the time. So I thought the ultimate contest would be to make uh, – to do a world record. So I made the world's longest chain of bracelets. And, yeah, I I, I, I guess I like making jewelry too, so that was just kind of the perfect yeah. record. So, yeah. That's was, just – that sounds like every like sitcom tr- episode of like we're gonna break a world record, but and like I feel like I must I feel like I did that in school too, but we never did. Like yeah, I tried a few times. I tried the first time I tried I was nine and I went to clown camp, which is exactly what it sounds like. I mean, we went to camp and we learned how to put on the face makeup and it's oh, that straight sounds awesome. Out, yeah, it's straight out Modern Family. It's like you know Cam with his yeah. As you said, that's the first. I <laughs> love that about Modern Family that they incorporate the clowning. I think that's fucking right. amazing. Yeah. Like, I have some problems with that show, but I generally love it. Yeah. I, I just got on to season four. I got it on DVD, so I'm on season four now, and 
I don't have a bad word to say about it. Oh, four is good. I think five. You know, it's not bad. I just um, I know we're both pop culture enthusiasts, so feel feel uh, also feel free to derail the conversation and talk about anything else because that's kind of happens. Um, the only I, I like I love Modern Family. The, only, the thing I kind of sometimes get a little annoyed at about is how like super rich they are. That's like the only time I'm like, oh god. There's like a in a newer episode they're going to like a mission camera at a party and there's like a maid and it's like they're just like super rich and it gets a little ridiculous but I I still love it I I think Luke might be the one that has the best one-liners every episode. Oh, he's great. Yeah. Some, he's made a, he, he's made a couple like Obama jokes which I fucking just like were not expected out of out of him. I didn't get to any Obama jokes yet. I love his relationship with Phil though. It's hilarious how they're like the best friends. It's, oh okay. yeah. He, He's the best. Oh, cool. Adrian just popped on. I'm just going to Oh yay. do anything. He's actually a um, fellow Jerseyite. Oh, cool. Hey, man. How you doing? Hello. Can everyone hear me? I hear you. Yeah, I hear you fine. Okay, cool. There I am. I don't know. For some reason, it's like I had an existential crisis. I couldn't find myself. <laughs> <laughs> well, Adrian and uh, Marissa, this is Adrian, Marissa, and I'm Chris, so now we're all Skype friends. Hey, hey guys. Hey, how, how are you, Marissa? Good. Uh, we you were just discussing a... that you're both Jerseyites, um, which I think <laughs> yeah, is awesome. I was actually just um, watching, um, I guess, a video, I guess, sort of like, a, like a montage you did on YouTube. I didn't realize you're from Woodbridge. Awesome. Yeah, I'm the sixth generation. My family live in Woodbridge, but since I made that video, or since that video was made, I've moved to Aberdeen. So. Oh but... wow, that's. <laughs> yeah. Where's Aberdeen? Is that, like, far? No, it's, like, 20 minutes away. But I go to school in Madison, so that's, like, an hour away from Aberdeen, which is a little bit of a pain, but... Oh, yeah. So, Adrian, she was just telling us... uh, Marissa was just talking about how she broke a world's record, uh, a Guinness World Worker record, and I thought that was the most amazing thing I've ever heard. Oh, no problem. So, I don't know if that was a part of the show. Um, You can totally get into this, because now I'm really, really invested. I'll just, you know, I'll just edit around all that. Um, <laughs> yeah, but that's fine. Uh, and oh, no, we started talking about that, and then we started talking about Modern Family because that's how things go around here. <laughs> Television <laughs> always wins. <laughs> and then I forgot. But oh yeah, so um, I forgot what I was saying about Modern Family. But all right, so not only did you break a Guinness World Record, you wrote a book about contests. Just and this is all in high school. Yeah, this was all in high school. Um, you're, so you're different than most teenagers. Yeah, well, okay, first of all, I didn't go to regular high school. I went to nerd school. It was the Academy for Allied Health and Biomedical Sciences, so we all had very odd interests, and it wasn't like clicks, like the cool kids and stuff. I mean, we all did weird stuff like that. So my weird stuff included writing a book, breaking a world record, entering contests online, and all that. Holy crap, so you went to, like, Xavier school then? (laughs) (laughs) I went to an agricultural high school, but I thought that was pretty weird, but yours sounds a lot weirder. Yeah, we're the only biomedical science academy in New Jersey. I was the first class to graduate from it, and uh, we were kind of the guinea pigs for sure, but it was a good experience, even though after going there, I no longer wish to be a doctor like I did when I started out. <laughs> yeah, you, you went the other way. You went entertainment. Yeah, right? Was that a public school, or is that like a magnet school kind of thing? It's a magnet school, yeah. Yeah, yeah. One of those opened up, a middle school that opened up right after I had left the middle school. That was horrible and that you didn't – enough about me, but yeah, so that's – I think that's good. We need more science schools to turn out actors, TV yeah, personalities. Right? 
<laughs> no, I think that's great. I, I, I'm a fan of the arts. Yeah, yeah. well, now I go to liberal arts school. I go to Drew University, and that's about as artsy as you can get. So <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, so you... Wow, so you are, you you're younger than I and have accomplished a shit ton before you graduate high school alone. I know I'm really kind of embarrassed right now. It's like, well, um, I do a podcast. Yeah, and I get proud about that. I'm like, oh, this sounds like nothing. <laughs> but oh man, so you're in school now, and on top of all the other million things you do. Yeah, I'm graduating a year early. I'm supposed to be a junior, but I took like the max amount of credits every year. Plus my uh, high school, while I was in high school, I was taking like a bunch of college courses, not AP courses, regular like college courses after school. So I'm graduating in May. Oh, wow. Yeah. So you're going to have a degree, but you won't be able to enter a bar. No, um, I turned 21 in October. Oh, okay. But I've only like one bar on my birthday. So, I mean, (laughs) <laughs> Bar, yeah. Well, trust over. me, you only need to really go to one. Like, I mean, if you're one of those people that go to a few, I don't judge, but, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know. I've, I'm not a big bar person. That's not for me as much. Yeah, well, for the big 21st, my parents brought me to Atlantic City, and that was enough for me. Yeah, Atlantic City. I <laughs> went there this summer, and uh, it was not as nice as it, I've always thought it would be. No. No, it was kind of a sty. And then I learned that every casino that we were in that last summer has now closed. Yeah, they really did. It's crazy. We went to Harris. That one's still open, but like Trump and everything, they all closed down. I was like, oh wow, that was that was quick. Yeah. <laughs> Probably my fault. Um, I was gonna say, how 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 hard did you party there? Did everything just shut down? <laughs> that's funny. I think I, we were talking about this last night, and I didn't or the other night. I didn't gamble. I don't gamble. I didn't gamble anything. Like I went to the beach and we had dinner, and it was fun. We like my wife's family friend got like a discounted room, so it was a great time to go and not spend. And maybe that's the problem with Atlantic City that you can go there and not spend any money and have a good time, <laughs> like like us. Um, oh, so I keep coming back. What was the name of your book? The one thousand you com- uh, about competitions. It was called a career in contests. That's uh. so cool and. Man, is that like an ebook, and like can people get that? It's on Amazon, but I mean, I, I was like 17 when I wrote it. It's not, but yeah. Um, but it was about I would enter like these video contests and stuff online, all kinds of those kind of things. I would win all this stuff. I won like gift cards, and I had 12 iPods at one point, and iPads and crazy stuff because there were all these contests online. So the book was about that. So that's pretty impressive. And then, so, so is that what you won the, um, I guess is that where you broke the Guinness World Record? Yeah, that's why I want to, because I'm, I've always been pretty competitive. My parents put me in dance competitions, like, starting when I was three years old. I entered my first, like, Easter pageant when I was a year old. So, yeah, I, I, the dream was always to break a world record. So, the first time I tried to break a world record, that was how we got into Modern Family, was... Oh, that's um, right. <laughs> I'm glad you're here. Camp. I was in clown camp, kind of like Cam, and, um... We were going to break the world record for making the world's largest balloon animal. And we, we made a really huge one, but it wound up that the counselor didn't know how to submit to Guinness, so it never, nothing ever amounted out of that. So then uh, I had this whole ambition that I really wanted to break a world record. I put it on my bucket list, so I did that when I was 16. Well, you, 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 I just so you know, you do bucket lists different than most people. 
<laughs> I do? Well, you make one, and then you complete the task. Oh. <laughs> and at a very young age. <laughs> well, I think that's very impressive. Um, oh, that's really cool. So what was Clown Camp like? Is it as fun as I think it would be? It was a blast. It was, I went to all kinds of weird camps. I went to, like, theater camp and art camp and all that. It was the best camp I ever went to. My one horror story was there was this one kid who popped my balloon animal. Like, I was so proud I made this uh, poodle, like, this balloon poodle. And I was really proud of it. And he just came over and popped it. That's my one really sad story from it. That motherfucker. But, <laughs> I, yeah, that, that was the only negative part of clown camp. But otherwise, it was great, even though I still can't juggle. That was the one. I was gonna, do you have any clowning experience? Like, is that still your thing? Like, do you still have any ties to it? <laughs> um, well, I haven't. I think I threw out my clown makeup when I moved. Um, <laughs> She's like, I'm done with this part of my life now. <laughs> <laughs> I was a clown for Halloween a couple years ago. But yeah, I, I pretty much abandoned that part of my life. You, do you think it will come back to you, like Cam, one day? When you have, like, <laughs> if you ever have kids? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Oh, so you didn't see the episode where he gets, uh, he tries to get Lily to be a clown and she hates it, because that's, that one's really funny. No, I didn't get to that one yet. Oh, maybe I've watched the newer, I don't know how many seasons there are. I think one of my favorite, I mean, Cam's, I think, my one of my favorite characters, but when he, uh, dresses up like one of the cats from Cats and then gets stuck in the tree, like... Oh I did God. not see that, but that sounds so Oh, great. it's so fucking great. <laughs> I love that Claire gets all nutty on Halloween, like, she's the one who's super into Halloween, I love that part about uh, the Halloween stuff's really good. I just saw the episode last night, the one where um, Phil is selling a house on Halloween and he doesn't think that Claire is actually scary and she goes and just, like, scares him. <laughs> yeah, that's actually a really good one. Yeah, it really was. That's, I love that. Hi, oh, Belle. Sorry, my cat always comes in here and tries to interrupt me. I have to toss her out. <laughs> like, she jumps into the box of, like, wires and, pot, like, st microphone stuff that, and tries to chew it, so... You hear me talking to Bell. That's my cat. Um, and so, then, oh, go I ahead. Have a question though. Um, as far as the whole book thing, did you find it like easy or difficult, given your age, to actually get published? Or I mean, how did that process work? Well, that's I self-published that book, but now I'm actually I finished another book and I'm working with a publisher on getting this one actually published by a publisher. So. Oh, if you don't mind me asking, which one is that? Uh, VIP Inc. Publishing. They're in Louisiana. They they um, publish like uh, Brian Dobson's book and a lot of like famous country. Well, yeah, like country singers and wrestlers. And... Oh wow, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's and then so there's cool. my book. <laughs> yeah, no, I've had a couple authors on, and it's it, that's a the literary world is uh very interesting. It's yeah, just different. It I is. think every industry now is just different. You know, like. Like, I think you got the right idea. Like, if you want to do entertainment, like, you can't just do one thing anymore. You have to kind of do everything just to make a splash. It's so true. Like, you, yeah. anyone who's just acting, you're like, all right, well, good luck. <laughs> Which gotta... I can imagine is so much tougher, though, because, I mean, thankfully, thanks to the Internet, you know, things have sort of blown up where I think, you know, it's opened the doors where a lot of people can now do this certain thing. And it's tough because you hate to use that phrase, but it's kind of like, where everybody's special, no one's special, so you really kind of have to kind of be a jack of all trades. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You gotta write, produce, act, uh, everything. Like, or be it. Which, 
I mean, not for nothing. I mean, I, can, I don't know how it is for you, Marissa, but I mean, that's pretty cool because look at it this way. I mean, it can't really hurt to be well-versed in all sorts of facets. So that way you kind of know both sides of the business, both as a performer and I guess also on the back end creative end, because that's the part I feel like maybe people probably don't know a lot of, especially the business end. Yeah, definitely. You know, I just, for Entertainment Weekly, interviewed uh, David Hornsby from um, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. And, like, he... Oh, get out of here. Yeah. He he plays Rickety Crick on the show. He writes <laughs> and produces the show. And it's so true. And he was just talking about how much he loves doing all of that. I mean, it's... It, yeah, it's... I, I think it's better for you get more involved in the whole creative process. I, I remember like always hearing actors saying, oh, I want to get into directing. And I think now there's more uh, more opportunities to do that. You know? Like, oh, no, absolutely. How did yeah. you get hooked up with EW? Um, I have been subscribing to their magazine since I was 12 years old. And I would participate in their like focus groups in New York because I'm close enough to New York that I could go there. So the last time I was there, um, I met Matt Bean. And he said if I wanted to write for them to give them an email. So I gave him an email and sent over some samples of my work and started writing recaps for their shows. The first show they had me writing recaps for was um, it's uh, Honey Boo Boo. <laughs> oh, that must have been interesting. It was great. It, it was, no, it was, oh, my gosh. That, that, was, <laughs> that was my sarcasm voice. It was not a good show but um i used to watch toddlers and terrors with my mom so at first i'm like okay i'll be a good sport this is fine and the longer it went on the longer i was like i cannot wait to stop writing about this show. <laughs> <laughs> oh that's incredible and then the next show i was writing about was this sci um lifetime tried to venture into sci-fi with their show yeah. uh the lottery that was another wonderful show did that get canceled real quick Oh, it did, thankfully. Uh-huh. And then then I got some more freedom, and I got to start writing about South Park, which has been my favorite show forever. It's um, been on forever, too. Like, I was thinking about, I don't, what, what, what are that, 17 years, maybe? 18. 18, yeah. And, yeah. And it, it honestly might be the only show that gets better with age. Oh, it's so true. And, like, yeah. I love The Simpsons, like, obsessively love The Simpsons. But The Simpsons, to me, stops at, like, season, like, maybe 10 or 11, but, like, South Park, I think of my favorite episodes of South Park, I know, like, season, like, 14, 15. Like, oh, uh, God, what's the one when uh, with Baby Farts McGeezak, when the <laughs> alien lands on the planet and they make up the space cash thing? And, like, with the, the Pinewood Derby episode, that's, like, season, like, 16 or yeah. something. It's yeah. insane how good those two are. Well, the reason it got so much better, I think, they got more topical because they only it only takes six days to produce the show. Yo, I love that special on Comedy Central they did. Yeah. Oh, and I think it kind of going back to what you said before about, like, people being involved in it, Trey and Matt, like, because, like, a lot of TV shows, it's very common in television. You can create a show and then you could walk away and people take over and your name still stays on it and you still get a boatload of money if, if you, like, Matt Groening or something. And, and I don't think that's a bad thing because you deserve if. If I could have a boatload of money, I would take it. But Matt and Trey are, like, literally in, down in the trenches doing every little detail of, like, writing, voice acting. Like, I mean, they are South Park. Yeah. And I, think I just watched their movie Basketball for the first time. Because oh, it's oh, so that movie is... good. <laughs> you should have never said that because now, unfortunately, I'm going to pretty much derail this podcast by just quoting that movie. Because, matter of fact, I was doing that this morning. Oh, that's too funny. 
That was their first movie. Yeah, it's on Netflix now, and I had never seen it. It was, yeah, oh my gosh. I remember, like, I remember seeing it when I was younger and then liking it and just thinking, because I think when South Park came out, it was considered toilet humor. And yeah. I don't think anyone, like, I'm a, so I'm 30, so I was, like, in high, middle school or high school, and I don't think we were allowed to watch it and all this. But And then I remember baseball came out, and they're still getting trashed on. But now, like, you look back, like, they're kind of our, I would even argue they might be our best set of our time. They might be the two best satirists. Like, South Park is just a level of genius that I just can't even comprehend sometimes. It really is. Is it wrong that I saw that movie for the first time? I guess I was in seventh grade, right? I think that can know. What year did baseball come out? That was like, let's say, 98? Maybe? So I was about like seventh to eighth grade. I think I was still in grade school when I came out. And I actually watched that like with my mother and my grandmother. And it was the first time I realized I'm okay to laugh at this stuff with my family. Because it was just like you couldn't deny how hysterical it was. But then they did, uh, what is it, uh, Team America World Police? Oh, which that was, was just... great. And that was 2004. Yeah, you're right. Did they do another movie? I feel like I'm thinking. Oh, Orgasmo. Orgasmo, okay. And then, oh, and now, you know, I mean, they're fucking Tony Award winners for uh, Book of Mormon. Yeah. Which I'm going to see in April. Oh, wow. You can actually see the the starting of, like, Book of Mormon because actually that plays a lot into the, the plot of Orgasmo. Because Trey Parker's character, he's like, it is Mormon, you know, he's going door to door, and that's how he ends up in the adult industry. (laughs) <laughs> and then the Mormon episode of South Park is, uh, anyone I've ever met who's Mormon loves that episode. And that episode's so brilliant, because the whole time I'm kind of, like, judging Mormons, and then they have that speech at the end that makes me the asshole for judging Mormons, or, like, Mormonism just gave me a great life and happiness, why can't you just accept me for who I am? And like, oh. Damn it. Oh, sorry, I, I, I love South Park. I, I'm, I'm thinking I need to go watch it again, because I don't watch, I, I go through phases, did you guys play the South Park video game? I have the one where it's like a Japanese game show on the iPhone. That was the one I always had. It's like this skating game. And oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. really... I didn't realize that existed. Me neither. It's really fun. I played that so much in high school. I just got the, the new one. I think it's called the Stick of Truth. For play, I got it for PS3. And it's like a legitimate, like, RP, it's like a legitimate RPG. It's really good. I'm not like a big RPG fan. I don't even play a lot of video games. I play like maybe two video games a year, and that was one. Wait, day then what are we talking? About? Why are we hanging out, Chris? Sorry, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I liked all the Batman games. All right, there you go. And then, um, and now I'm playing the Lego Movie video game because I got it on Groupon for like twenty bucks. So, yeah, that was embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> so that's I. So you actually like you're like in? Are you like a? Is it like so for? Your EW, is it like freelance or like are you an employee of theirs? I'm a community contributor, which means that I write recaps on shows every week and sometimes little features and um, interviews. So like every week now I'm recapping, um, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. And then sometimes I'll interview, uh, like I interviewed the director, Matt Shackman, and um, Rickety Cricket, and then the recaps and yeah. Oh, wow, I must have read your work then, because I, I, I follow EW on Twitter and look at their stuff, and I love recaps. Oh, cool. <laughs> I'm ashamed to say, though, I for whatever reason, I never got into Sunny, and not, I just... It's I just, a weird show, but it's 
brilliant in the same way that South Park is. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't know. You ever have that? Like something's like real popular, and all your friends watch it, and for whatever reason, I never. I, it's not even I don't like it. I just literally never watched an episode, and I could. I totally could now because they're all on Netflix, and I'm always like, one day I'm gonna watch that show. And I just <laughs> haven't got around to it. You have to, to commit. It. Like you pretty much have to. If you watch one episode and then walk away from it, you're probably not going to kind of like get the experience. You'll, I think shotgunning is probably the easiest way to do it because that's how I fell in love with it. Um, it was actually a Black Friday and I refused to go outside, um, to do any shopping <laughs> or anything. So had like a, a post Thanksgiving marathon and it's just like I couldn't stop watching it. It was amazing. Yeah. I think it's on Netflix too. I mean, it's easy to binge it on there. Yeah. I know. One, one day. I think I'm going to have to do it. I, I want to. I very much, because a lot of people I really like and respect, like, comedians love it. And I'm like, I know I always see that green dancing guy <laughs> yeah. everywhere. And I think one of the actors apparently lives in Rhode Island, but, I mean, I don't know him or see him ever. <laughs> I think Charlie Day, is that a guy? The guy from uh, Pacific Rim? I don't know Pacific Rim, but Charlie Day. Oh, yeah, it's Charlie Day. Okay. Marvel Pluses. Yeah, I didn't like that movie, but I. Did you ever have? But I maybe mean, I need to see it again because I. I, I didn't, saw the sequel too. It was so good. It was. I remember seeing it with people I don't really like, and maybe that might have affected my experience. <laughs> That'll ruin any experience, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I take that back. I liked one of the people a lot, and the other person I wasn't a fan of. And for whatever reason, I remember not thinking it was funny. But I. I don't know. Like it could be. I. I. I also am the same person who hated Anchorman the first time they saw it, oh, and then went back and <laughs> fell in love with it. So maybe. Don't ever trust my judgment. <laughs> <laughs> and so, besides EW, you write for, like, a lot of stuff. Like, uh, is it, how do you say Fiverr? Is that, yeah. And uh, what is Fiverr? It's a freelance website where you go and people will write to you, like, that they need whatever article written, and I write what they need. It's um, It's been around, I think they're celebrating their fifth birthday now. It's basically a site for freelancers to do whatever i mean there aren't just writers on there they have some weird stuff on there too like people make your voice message thing or make a video and they have artists on there people do voiceovers it's like a whole place to connect with different artists and get them to do freelance for you oh my god that's really cool yeah it's an awesome site how do you get connected all you got connected with so many cool things I'm... that i found out from my mom she was reading one for women's magazines and she was like oh marissa you could get your singing out there you could freelance sing for people so i started freelance singing but I, it, what the traffic wasn't great on that so i'm like hmm, i could probably edit and write stuff for people so i did that and that one picked up yeah you're also a singer like um your website you're singing not only have you, did you sing in front at a baseball game i believe right baseball yeah yeah and uh you're on mtv singing as well yeah um i was on this was so cool they flew me out to california last january and we filmed copycat hosted by jonathan bennett who played aaron samuels on mean girls um and aaron I, samuels are you kidding me yeah it was I, so Love Mean Girls too much, and I remember getting made fun of in college for really liking that movie. But I was like, you guys, but but I feel like I was on the forefront of like, you guys don't understand. Tina Fey wrote this movie, and she's gonna take over the fucking world. I know she's the best, and she did. It's such a dark humored, brilliant movie. I I still love that movie, and I used I was convinced that Aaron Samuels was um uh that really good looking actor guy. I don't know his name. Uh, He was in Neighbors. And Zach Efron, Zac Efron. I was wrong. <laughs> oh my yeah. God! So you got to meet Aaron Samuels. That see, my yeah. mind's blown right there. 
It was so cool. Yeah. Um. He sucks at math. Deep cut, guys. Deep cut. <laughs> In fact, Katie Heron was the really one who was good at math, but she was faking it. So. Sorry, I just love that movie. <laughs> yeah, he's kind of bad at math. She's actually, yeah. I'm actually like, really good at math. <laughs> You're kind of bad at math. I love that. I, I don't know how long it took me to realize that um, Janice Ian was played by Lizzie Kaplan. Right? I, I love Lizzie Kaplan, and I'm like, what? I, I, I had no idea. I had no idea. Like, and my, I, a few minutes before this started, my wife was watching Looking, and I like, I'm like, oh my! And I walk in the room, I look at the TV, I'm like, oh my god, Danny DeVito, I love your work. And she's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, that's the guy from Mean Girls. And she's like, oh my god, I've been watching this for two seasons. I did not know that. That is too funny. Sorry, I derailed you so much. Your story was much more interesting about a movie than I'm sure everyone's already saw. <laughs> that is no that's one of the like most quotable movies of all time and it really is i'm glad it held up too and like i mean you have tina fey and amy poehler in it before like i mean they might have been on snl at the time but like i love 30 rock and parks and rec is now ending which like I'm so not... sad i am i'm re... i want to hear your california story then we should talk about parks and rec <laughs> um yeah so they flew me out to california um, for the show called Copycat, where you had to try and sing like your favorite singer. Now, when I auditioned, I wanted to do. Um, wow, I forgot my favorite singer's name. <laughs> We're close. Uh, Jennifer Hudson. I wanted to do. Um, I am telling you, that was my audition song. But they said, no, no, you gotta do Ellie Goulding. And at the time, I had oh. never, I had never heard of Ellie Goulding before. I was, I guess, living under a rock. But no, I, she wasn't big in the states for yeah ever. Like, her um, number yeah, one song in the not. States was, like, two years old. By the time we heard it over here, like, I never heard of her. And apparently she was a huge sensation everywhere else in the world. Yeah. So I had, I had like, two weeks to learn her song and be like, oh, I'm a huge Ellie Goulding fan. So um, they flew me out there, and I sang the song, and I was eliminated, like, that, like, right away. <laughs> I'm so sorry yeah, to hear that. And honestly, I heard your... Um... You're Jennifer Hudson, and I'm like, really? Like, if you heard that song, why would you then make you sing something else? Because that was pretty incredible. Thanks. They couldn't. I, I don't think they could get the rights to it. So oh. yeah, first I wanted to do Jennifer Hudson, then I wanted to do Kelly Clarkson, then I was gonna do Pink, and it was a whole legal issue. So I wound up having to do Ellie Goulding. Also, these reality shows aren't as real as we think, which I already know, but it's kind of funny. <laughs> Yeah, because yeah. your voice and your like your range definitely would fit your those choices. And no offense to Ellie Goulding, like she's a great singer, but it's definitely not, you know, your. It's definitely not you know Jennifer Hudson level. Yeah, it, yeah, it was a little more difficult to sing her. Like that's just a different style than what I'm used to, too. Yeah. So but you had to, you had to learn that. So you had to learn the song and then perform it on TV. Yeah, I had like two weeks to learn it and. They only you don't sing the whole song. I sang like a minute of it, so I had to figure out which part of it I was gonna be singing. And they gave me two Ellie Goulding songs to learn, so I had to learn both of them actually. Oh my god! Um, then yeah, f they flew me out to California, me and my dad. But then my mom came too because she's my best friend. So oh, that's so um, sweet. Yeah. <laughs> and it's California is pretty cool. Oh, it was awesome. Um, so yeah, I went on the show, and um, it was just. I was there for three days. We filmed in the same place that they filmed Judge Judy, so that was awesome because I love Judge Judy. My mom's <laughs> obsessed with Judge Judy. <laughs> I am too. Yeah, it was great. So, yeah, and the host was Aaron Samuels, and that was one of the biggest highlights. But now and you he, have that in your credits for your whole life. Like, you were on MTV. 
Yeah, and he gave a shout out to my mom in the audience. Aww. <laughs> That's pretty cool, because I, I, I love when you have just like, I had someone on here who was like an intern at The Daily Show, and they threw him in like a skit, and then um, he, and now he's like a professional comedian, and he's like, I was on The Daily Show 10 years for like a few seconds, and, or maybe a few minutes or whatever, and that's still something that gets me in auditions and stuff. Like, just little things like that can just lead to big things. Yeah. Um, but are, Adrian, do you do Parks and Rec as well? Yes, I'm. I'll, I'll admit I'm sort of like a late bloomer when it came to Parks and Rec because that first season was what during the writer strike, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and it wasn't good. And it wasn't good, so I kind of came in, I guess, around I guess maybe the end of sec the second season. But ugh, like now I'm one of those people who are crying that uh, the show is ending too. tomorrow. But I'm so I, I here's how I, I'm I'm torn because. I'm so sad to see it go, but then there's a part of me that's really happy that it's going to go off on a high note. Like, so I loved The Office. But oh my gosh! I didn't watch the last like four seasons, and when I ended, it didn't matter to me. And I don't have the feel. I don't have the connection to The Office outside of certain seasons that I do to like Parks and Rec. Like, I feel like I know the people of Parks and Rec. Like, I know that sounds weird, but I know. <laughs> you know, you just you get so connected to Leslie and the gang. Well, now, the thing with The Office, I had a really negative attitude when that was on TV, too. Once Michael left, I'm like, oh, this show stinks. And then I watched the seasons without him, like, a year later when the bitterness wore off, and it was actually really good. It well, maybe as, I should go back. It wasn't as good as before, but it was, it was really good. And then, to fill that void, I began watching Parks and Rec. Well, yeah, the, the, the guy who played Cousin Moe's is uh, Mike, Mike Schur is the guy who created Parks and Rec. Okay. With Greg Daniels, who created The Office, King of the Hill, and like, actually, he was Conan O'Brien's college roommate, and like, it's there's if you do like a comedy tree, like Greg Daniels is like someone who's behind like almost everything I've ever loved. Like he's a Simpsons guy, King of the Hill, Office, Parks and Rec, like, and then Mike Schur also does uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine. I don't know if you guys watched that. I watched one episode. It's really funny. It's actually really funny, but that's another show where, like, the first season, like, not the first season, but, like, the first couple of episodes, a little tough. Like, they hadn't found their footing just yet. Yeah. So once it got, like, blisteringly funny, I walked away from it. And I feel so bad because you guys are talking about, like, The Office, and I'm that guy who was like, if it ain't the British version, I don't watch it. <laughs> I never watched the British version, so I, I feel like if I watched the British one, I could feel the same way. I watched the British pilot, and I was shocked. It was exactly the same as the American pilot, like, the American pilot just totally ripped them off. Yeah, it wasn't that the idea, right? It was a remake, and then they went off. I don't know yeah. the whole thing. It was I know the guy. That remake. Because the guy who makes um, Mr. Black in that episode, he's the guy in the Nightly Show now. Oh, really? Larry Wilmore. He's really cool. I love him. Oh, he is. I like that show. Yeah, I yeah I had someone on here who is he's the warm up comic and for. Uh, I heard that yeah. one. Oh, thank you, Kevin. He's... <laughs> nice what a nice dude he was so cool i really liked him um he's gonna come back and just haven't set it up yet uh but yeah i don't know i'm wondering what parks is gonna do like were you guys excited about the uh three-year gap from season from last season to this season i don't want to admit i haven't seen the season yet I'm oh it's, <laughs> that's fair well dude the thing about tv is great nowadays at least as a as the viewer I don't give a shit when anything airs. Like, whatever. Yeah. I don't, <laughs> yeah, I don't I watch cable. all my stuff on, like, Netflix and Hulu now. Yeah. yeah I on Netflix. That's why I'm behind. Yeah, I have Hulu, so, like, that's the only reason. Parks is on Hulu, so I, I watch it on there. Like, I'm not watching Better Call Saul because I can't stream it, and I'm just like, I don't. I'm just going to wait. 
I watched the first episode of that. It was a little disappointing. I don't know, like, everybody's saying how much they like it, and I'm like, okay. I, I watched it, I liked it, but then... I remember Breaking Bad, even the first episode, it's like... It felt so slow-moving. I mean, how long yeah. did you and Cinnabon? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot, I watched the first, I think, two episodes online. I like that too, Go, but I mean, I, yeah, you'll like the, the last season of Parks, um... Unless they completely fuck it up tomorrow, um, it will just go down as that show that just ended it perfectly. Like they really stuck the landing. It's it's so great so far. Like it takes place uh, three years after the last season, so it's kind of cool. Like you get to see them, kind of the characters grow, and I'm so excited. I'm I'm uh, I don't know. I, it's gonna be tough. Like I don't know what's gonna fill that void. I guess I'll have to watch Brooklyn Nine Nine now even more. Do you guys uh, do Flash and Arrow? I can't believe how much I love those two. Never saw them. Oh, they're so I good. did maybe like the first couple episodes of Flash, and I didn't dislike it. But I've seen the thing is, um, I don't know. We might have touched upon this the last time I was on, but I'm bad when it comes to TV because you know how like with the movie, like you know, if it doesn't grab you in the first couple of minutes, you know, you usually go on to something else. But if it does, it's great. But with TV, it's a much longer play because you kind of have to invest a little bit more time in it. And if I'm not grabbed in, like, the first couple episodes, I immediately walk. So I'm really, like, I feel bad. Like, I'm really picky when it comes to TV. And, like, I catch everything when it's syndicated. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's why I like the Netflix shows, because they're all just right there. So I'm like, man, I'll just keep going. I'll just keep going. I'll just keep going. All right, I haven't left my house in three days. Shit. <laughs> I did that with House of Cards. Like, I gotta see that. Kevin Spacey's amazing. I know. And, you know, he's really good at comedy as yeah, well. Yeah, horrible and... bosses. This, he, yeah, you're, he was really funny in that. I liked him in that a lot. <laughs> I, I just, I know what it was. I just finished watching Rest Development for like the third time, oh, and that's I was a great show. And yeah, it's a oh brilliant show. And then Jason Bateman, but you know he can't be pigeonholed. It's not his fault. <laughs> yeah. I love, I love Arrested too much. I, I think that's there's probably a few shows that I'll go back to like maybe once or twice, once every year or two. And, like, right now, it's, like, Arrested Development and Freaks and Geeks. Like, every one to two years, I'll go back and watch the entire season again. I think, too, because it's also only, like, Arrested's three seasons. Well, now four seasons. Now. I can't even count that fourth season. It's... Mm-mm. I heard that they're gonna... Uh, the creator is gonna re-edit it, so it's gonna be, like, um, not all jumping around. Yeah. So That, I mean, that was disappointing. That's what happens. We, I think we got a little too excited, and I understand I when that show came out versus when, like, now where everybody's a little bit more popular, so I can imagine it's probably hard to get everyone. But, yeah, it was a weird season. Like, it was it hard was. to kind of get behind that. It just, you know, the, like, I, I believe in show, I like, uh, t- so David Simon, who created The Wire, said that, like, The Wire is like a book. There's a beginning, there's a middle, there's an end, and it's done, and, and you don't come back to it. And, like, I kind of feel that way with television. Like, it should just be, like, done and over with. Like, I don't want it... Because you can almost always... Unless there's always the outliers. But, they, like, I guess the comeback is one of the only shows that can come back ten years later and be incredible. But, like, you know, it, Arrested Development was in such a high mountain of for comedy nerds and fans of television. And you just... You can't, you can't recreate it. You know, lightning and... What's that saying? You can't uh, catch lightning in a bottle? Like, you know... Yeah. Sometimes I just don't need to come. Just don't don't do it again. Like just let like parks. It's gonna be over and just leave it be. Though I think Seinfeld did it best when they had the reunion show with Incurb Your Enthusiasms. Oh, that was brilliant. Yeah, 
And you know, because it didn't let you down, because it was just like a snippet of what Seinfeld would be today without actually doing it. Like, it was so great. It was, I, I really, I really appreciated that. Uh, See, I'm one of those people that, I don't know how the either of you feel, where Seinfeld, I didn't catch, I rarely did I kind of catch that bug, but for some reason, Kirby enthusiasm just spoke to me. Maybe because I'm a curmudgeon, but. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love Kerb. Yeah, it's I yeah, that's one of my favorite shows too. But I I can only watch like two in a row because I get anxious and like uncomfortable. Because <laughs> well, that's what makes it fun. Yeah, Larry. Because I always see the scenario playing out, and then I always see and watch him do the complete opposite of what he should do. And I'm like, oh, I think Susie's the only one who treats him right in that show. Everyone should call him a lousy sack of shit and swear. All the time. <laughs> it's so great. I wonder how Seinfeld is, because that's such, like, a dated show already. And, like, I loved it, but I, like, kind of grew up watching it, but I wasn't allowed to. But, you know, you still sneak it. And then I saw it in reruns. But, like, if I was, like, I don't know, 18 watching it, I'd be like, the famous episodes, like, you know, there's no cell phones. It's just, I don't know. I, I see why people wouldn't like it, but I, I very much love it. Yeah. But I think there's, like, a nostalgic value for me, too, for it. So, so uh... What else are you guys watching of uh, or pop culture obsessed and about? Did anyone watch the Oscars? I like. Oh yeah, I I caught the first hour and then I just kind of caught the highlights on Twitter because it got kind of boring. Yeah, award shows <laughs> are weird. I watched about four. I went on Hulu today and then watched only the parts that everyone talked about. <laughs> I felt like yeah. that was a lot easier. <laughs> I thought Neil did a good job. Like, I liked the intro a lot. Like, the musical part was great. Yeah, it was great when Jack Black showed up. Yep. I, what can't Anna Kendrick do, though? Like, that girl is yeah. fucking awesome. Yeah. Am I, I, we, we're must, we must all be Pitch Perfect fans, correct? Never saw it. Really? I never I actually like, saw it either. That would, it'd oh. be like Mean Girls, you love Pitch Perfect. It's right up your alley. Yeah, well, it's sad because my dad has seen it, and he's always like, hey, you should see that, but I've never actually yeah, seen it. Yeah, once your dad tells you. Oh, he's pulling like the, oh, you should see it because you sing too, right? And it's like, oh, boy. Is this what you guys do? Have sing-offs? Yeah, dad, we have sing-offs. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so that's awesome. Um, yeah, I ended up watching it, Um, I guess, well, me and my buddy, the one that uh, my co-host, Ignoring Movies, with, we kind of did a live tweet, and to tell you the truth, and I hate to be one of those people, but she really didn't miss much. Like, there were some good awards, and there were some, like, really interesting moments, which might have to be saved for, like, another podcast altogether. But it really, like, there's no reason why that show had to be almost four hours. That, and, yeah. you could, and you could definitely tell there was, like, a lot of momentum being picked up close to the end. And I don't know what it was, but that Sound of Music medley just, like... I, I got exhausted after that. I'm like, look, I'm trying to like edit a show and like I need I need to go to bed. <laughs> yeah, award show. I don't know. The Oscars are such a weird thing. It's just like I heard it described as millionaires giving other millionaires trophies, and I thought that was pretty accurate. Funny. That's What's that? That's funny. Yeah, I wish I thought of that, but I think it, I was like, oh yeah, like in no other industry would would that ever exist. But like, so it's a. And then I read something on BuzzFeed um, about, like, the breakdown of, like, the Oscars, and it's, like, 85% of the Academy are white men in their 70s. Yeah. So I was like, why? how can these guys be the ones in charge of picking best animated film, even though they picked <laughs> Big Hero 6? So I'm, I'm on board with that. Yeah, that's a good decision. That was yeah. a great decision, because that movie, the preview, no. gave was so wrong compared to what that movie was. Yeah. 
Yeah, I didn't expect to cry about three times. So yes, all right. I didn't want to say that, but hell fucking yeah, man. <laughs> I actually saw that up by where you are, Adrian. Um, I had just come back from Italy with my wife, and we were staying at my in-laws before we came back to Rhode Island, so we had like a day off, like a whole just, you know, like a, a jet lag day. I was like, let's get some Zinburger, which is in, I think, Com- not Compton, Clifton, and then go to a movie at like 12 in the afternoon, and it was fucking great. I was like, oh, Big Hero 6, that will make us feel great. And then we walked out like, oh, my God. <laughs> Why, Hero? <laughs> I, I, and I didn't even see all the movies. Like, I do want to see Whiplash. Um, yeah, I, see I, I saw Birdman. I really like that. Gotta see that. It was weird. <laughs> it was really weird. But I was kind of bummed that uh, Guardians wasn't nominated. But then I, don't, I guess I don't know how these things work. Actually, they were. They um, were up for, was it makeup or special effects? And yeah. they ended up losing. Aw. Yeah. How can that not... Well, the best picture stuff was all like the... I don't know. I got, I loved Guardians so much. I can't even express how much I love that movie. And I didn't see Boyhood, which I probably should have. That was really I, good. It was good? No, no, it looks really good. I mean, yeah, the pre- 12 years, that's insane. The previews get me every time. I'm not like a big movie buff though. Like I don't go to the movies a ton. Like I like I like the movies. I just don't go a lot. Yeah. What did I just see? Oh yeah, I just see. I saw. Well, I was uh, forced into seeing Fifty Shades of Grey, which yeah. was not very good. <laughs> uh, you know what I just saw? I just saw The Seventh Son. What's that? <laughs> oh, the one with Jeff Bridges. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm gonna let you describe this because I need to know your opinion on this movie. So please let me know how you felt. Okay, well, I went with my friend, and we were the only two in the theater, and I was doing my Jeff Bridges impression the entire time because it was that bad. He, like, has this weird accent. He's like, compliments to the chef. It's, like, the weirdest <laughs> accent I've ever heard. It, it was, the movie was, like, honestly, it should get every Razzie available. Oh, uh, I had so much fun. Me and my girlfriend pretty much. Like, again, no one was in the theater because no one went to go see this movie, but... <laughs> Like, he was talking like, I don't even know how you would describe it, kind of like Gandalf and maybe, like, the first half of, like, the Fellowship of the Ring, (laughs) but maybe, like, with, like, tobacco in his mouth, because he had this really weird voice that no one else in this movie has. Yeah, I looked it up. He was wearing prosthetic teeth, which kind of explains a lot, but it was so hard to understand him, and it's so quotable, though. I mean, the stuff that he said... Well, see, now I'm going to have to either see it again or wait till it's on Netflix to translate because I kind of figured I went by the inflection of his voice <laughs> only because I couldn't really pick everything out, what he was saying, because it's like he's got this weird Gandalf type accent. The kid he's hanging with sounds like he just, you know, came out of an Urban Outfitters. <laughs> Meanwhile, everybody else is talking in kind of like this old English and it's just like there were just accents just yeah, flying accent out of nowhere. Yeah, he, he, the boy is a bit scrawny. Like, <laughs> that was the kind of weird thing he would say. It was insane. <laughs> I love your impression of Jeff Bridges. It sounds like Sean Connery. <laughs> All right, new plan. If you ever end up on a show again, you know what? Like, call MTV back. Let's do Copycat, but you're going to have to sing <laughs> another song, but sing it in, like, your Jeff Bridges voice. Oh, that'd be great. <laughs> what was this movie called again? The Seventh Son. I never even heard of it. Yeah, oh, right. it I I'm sorry, here, you can read that. I found this one, but she's like, God, go see it. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and it was in theaters. Oh, yeah. Yeah, th- we just like saw it minutes. on Thursday. Oh, wow. 
Yeah, it's this weird premise, like, okay, I'll do my best to kind of get this breakdown. It's something like, I don't know, there's this witch, you know, supposedly imprisoned. I think Julianne Moore plays her. And, you know, she's like the seductress. She's, you know, ultra powerful. She breaks out. So I guess Jeff Bridges, like his character is what they guess call a spook, which I thought that was only for FBI agents, but whatever. And I guess it's his task, I guess, to defeat the witch. But then he always has to take a companion or like a sidekick sort of and it's the seventh son of a seventh son so of course it's like oh let's say he's hanging out with this kid you know the kid you know kid gets killed or whatever it's like oh okay well he's dead so now he's got to go find the next one it's like all right how many kids you have seven all right your seventh kid come with me (laughs) that got made (laughs) (laughs) i I would not have been able to make a synopsis like that like that is that really what happened in that movie I don't know. I, I assume. So. <laughs> I feel. Oh, I wish I. I feel like I need to see this just to like just just to know. Like I gotta oh, know everything. Oh, we in the like my girlfriend and I we riffed on that movie so bad because of course we see every movie late on weekends so no one is there. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best. We just go to make fun of it. Yeah, I haven't laughed so hard at a movie in forever. But it wasn't comedy, so oh, it no, was no, it wasn't comedy. Bad. <laughs> no, far from it. <laughs> I laughed at Fifty Shades at one point, and because it was so bad, and I got like kind of like, "Stop! You're embarrassed. People can hear you." I'm like, "No one else understands how bad this is. Like the acting is terrible." Like I can see you standing up yelling at everybody. It's like, "What's wrong with you? Don't you see what's happening here?" Well, like, so, and the problem—not that it was bad because it was like, um, it wasn't like smutty or sex- sexy. And there was actually almost no sex at all, which I think would have been the only saving grace of the movie. So you're like, all right, the guy who plays Christian Grey cannot act at all. And like, all right, I, I don't, I'm not a theater person, but like acting is something that looks really easy. But when someone does it poorly, you're like, oh, there is some talent to it. And that's that movie. You're like, I respect actors now because he was so, at one point in the movie, he just, he's like, Jesus, Anastasia, you're driving me 50 shades of crazy. But it's supposed to be a spot. Time out, time out. That's actually a line in this movie. Yeah. I need to write that down, and I need to say that to my girlfriend to see how well this works. I think it's from the book, to my understanding, or maybe 50 fucking shades of crazy. And I laughed out loud because I'm like, all right, that was not, that's supposed to, that, oh my god, it was just so bad. Well, I don't know if you know, either of you know this or not, but um, if you read up, I think Gonker had a really fun, like, rundown of the scenario. The two leads in that movie absolutely hated each other. You could kind of tell, because actually, I have to say, the woman, I don't know her name, the actress. Coach Johnson. Yeah, she was very good. You know what's weird when you see something so bad, but you could still see, like, she she was a true actor and trying. She was very good at it, even though the movie was terrible. Um, she was a good actress. The guy was just fucking awful. So if I was her, I'd be pissed off. and be like, you're ruining this, dude. You can't act. What's his well, name? The guy from Sons of Anarchy. Yeah, it was Jax was supposed to be. Oh, Charlie Hunan? Hunan? Yeah, 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 that guy. He quit because, uh, uh, I, I don't know the real, I think he just said creative differences, but, like, I think later he went off on a tangent in an article, it was like, it was the worst script I've ever read in my life, kind of thing. <laughs> From well, what I've the, heard the is... The book itself was based on Twilight fan fiction. Yeah. We are all like, fucking up. Wait, what? Yeah, yeah. Isn't, it's almost like this is a parody world where, like, a fan, an adult woman wrote a Twilight fan fiction book story. Like a lot of people write fan fiction. So how did it end up being millions. from like sparkly vampires to then kind of like um you know weird BDSM kind of thing then? 
I don't know. I just, that's what I read. Like, it's been proven that it's actually Twilight fan fiction. That's how this whole thing started. I it explains so much. <laughs> but then she, like, I've heard it's just really badly written, too. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. But it yeah, must suck the, for the, people like you who, like, actually write and have talent and perform, and then this asshole's making way too much money. She might not be an asshole. I don't even know anything about this woman. <laughs> that was very mean of me. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I thought that through. I was like, I don't. She just wrote a book. I don't care. I would have never. Did like, you hear that, Yo, James? <laughs> Is that her name? I don't know anything about. I said this I actually know the name of the author. Yeah. Whoa, Adrian. <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> it's like you know what? It's one of those things that you, you can't help but like want to know more about and i guess that's kind of the allure and then because i was reading all these articles and in order to prepare for the role you know chris the guy that played christian gray like he's you know they're taking him to all of like these like sex clubs or like you know Which you i don't guess need you to know do, BDSM dungeons. No sex club parts in that whole movie there's like there's no actual like anything of that rel- you know what if it was like a softcore porn movie it would have been slightly enjoyable but like all right this is why everyone's talking about it but it didn't even have that to it it was just a lot of really bad dialogue and three boring sex scenes. I but saw these... more nudity and not another teen movie than I did in uh, this movie. Well, I guess the argument is, like, I guess these two actors, and I'm not knocking them because, again, it's it's a role. Well, he's but... not an actor, from my understanding. He's just a model. Oh. Well, that explains it. And I think... All right. I, here's my guess from my limited knowledge of Hollywood. I think they're like, all right, let's. Who can we get who's really good looking and we can pay almost no money to, and then just fucking make buckets of money. Well, if that's the case, then couldn't they have been just hired maybe someone who actually is well versed in that in that scene? Like, would it have? Okay, I'm sorry, I'm just gonna throw something out here which might be a little radical, but if anything, why not just hire a couple of pornographic actors or people who are yeah. actually in this lifestyle that maybe? But granted, a lot of them don't favor Fifty Shades favorably. So I think that's probably it. Like, I'm sure a lot of people probably passed on that movie. Yeah, I bet a lot of people are like, ugh, I kind of want to have a career after this. <laughs> but I would take all that money, so I don't know. I go back and forth. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, actually, I, we're almost hitting up our hour. I just wanted to ask you one more thing. Uh, what did you do for Hello Giggles? I like I like that site a lot. Oh, um, I wrote an article about procrastinating. It's the opposite of procrastinating. I do things almost too early. Like, I'll get an assignment in college, and I'll have it done, like, by the end of the day, the day that I get it. You're one of those kids. Yeah, I wrote about the dangers of that because in my high school, I had this one teacher who was a chronic procrastinator, and her class was very difficult for me being a procrastinator. So it was all about how to manage... They had to become not a procrastinator, not a procrastinator, somewhere in between, which I'm still grappling with. That's incredible. <laughs> I've never heard of procrastinators. I'm <laughs> more of a procrastinator. But I oh, and so you got to interview a couple of the dudes on the Twitter for um, uh, Hot Tub Time Machine. Yeah, yeah. I just um, I asked them their favorite fictional um, hot tub. Um, I, the one from Dumb and Dumber, the one from Saturday Night Live. Or uh, the one from Jersey Shore, because I had to put my Jersey roots in there. That's a really good question. <laughs> Thanks. I, you know what? That movie, I don't know if you guys saw it, actually really funny. The, I saw the movie? Second, I didn't see the second one. I didn't see the second one, but the first one, Hot Tub Time Machine, like, it's really funny. It's like an excuse to make a John Cusack movie in the 80s <laughs> with, a, with a smidge of sci-fi. And I, and I, and no way do I think that's wrong, because I remember, like, walking out of the theater and being like, I just had a really fun experience. Like, that was a fun movie. Like, I love, uh, oh, God, Daryl. What's the guy from The Office? Him? I, I, oh, no, no. Uh, Craig Robinson. Yes. 
And um, the kid with the glasses that was in Kick-Ass, I like him a lot. I don't know his yeah. name. Yeah, oh, Kick-Ass is awesome, too. And he was on The Office also. Yeah, yeah, you're was right. Was he really? Yeah, the, he was... Um, Dwight's... The intern, right? Oh, no, yeah, something. I just remember he was on there. Oh, yeah, no, he was an intern. That's right. When they had interns for those few episodes. Yeah. Yeah, he, I like that. I, I actually, I root anytime anyone in, like, movies and TV looks, like, normal-ish, and then they, they make it. So, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so I, I like him a lot. I loved, and I loved Kick-Ass. I didn't see oh, the second Kick-Ass one. Kick-Ass was the best. And the sequel was really good, too. Not as good as the first, but really good. Yeah, then Jim Carrey, like, came out against it afterwards. Yeah, what was that all about? I don't know. And then I just remember people, like, writing to him, you're like, you should come out against your ex-wife who hates vaccines. And I'm like, all right, these aren't connected, but that is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it was weird, because he had this, um, well, I know he's very, like, I guess, was it anti-gun, I guess? He's Canadian. Yeah, it makes I don't sense. know if that well, means anything. Know. I just wanted to throw it out there. <laughs> but his character didn't even really use firearms, so I I don't know what happened there. Like I don't know if it was a maybe like some sort of internal strife that got manifested, or it was just very bizarre. Yeah, Nick Cage in the first one too. Like you didn't, I didn't know, I, I didn't even know he was in that movie until I saw it. I was like, oh hey, Nicholas Cage, why are you here? That was the best. Yeah, that's probably his best role in like that's quite great. literally yeah, decades. That's than not the bees. <laughs> isn't there that like Nick? Isn't there that that fa- there like some fan thing? Do you guys watch Community? Yeah. Yes. I'm obsessed with Community. When Abed takes that class, the Who's the Boss class, he says something about Nick Cage. It's like, which I think is a part of their internet theory. It's like, like Nick Cage is either like the best actor in the world in a movie or the worst fucking actor ever, <laughs> so- and there's like no in between. Because <laughs> he's great in like adaptation. Um, I love the movie The Rock. I don't care if it's terrible, but I really love it. <laughs> But then, like, I didn't see... What's that one where he's, like, ghostwriter or whatever? Oh, my gosh. It is... That's awful. And then oh, we did that on the corners. Yeah, oh, my gosh. If you've never seen Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance, matter of fact, we recently covered it on Ignoring Movies. It's so... It's... If you, okay, let me ask you this. Have you seen Crank? No. Okay, if you've never seen Crank or Crank 2, the guys who directed that movie directed Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance, but it's done in that exact same, like, hyperkinetic style. <laughs> You're gonna feel exhausted afterwards, but it's one of Nick Cage's best over-the-top performances. I'm gonna have to think. I'm gonna have to. I think I'm gonna have to find that now. That's gonna be in my to-watch list. That's amazing. Um, well, Marissa, thank you uh, a thousand times over for coming on. Um, where can people find you on the old internets? Um, I have a website, marissaschwartz.com. I have a Twitter, FifiRTR, which is, I know, a horrible handle, but if you type in my name, you can find me, too. Um, and I have, <laughs> I have a blog, um, myneongreennotebook.blogspot.com. Oh, thank you so much. That was a ton of fun. Yeah, awesome. Well, thank you so much, and then I'll let you know when it comes up. And Adrian, thanks for uh, tagging along. Where could people find you on the Internet, Adrian? Too many places. Um, I guess you can find them um, at Adrian Has Issues and at Ignoring Movies. It's a movie-based podcast I co-host with my best friend, which is movies that we don't really actually watch, but they're kind of like pretty much like that feeling you get like when you're sitting around with your friends and you start guessing like with the movie in the background. That's our show. Uh, mystery Science Theater, kind of. Yes. <laughs> so when you said Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance, I'm like, I can't wait for that episode to go live. That was nuts. Wait, yeah, that's awesome. All right, thank you uh, guys. It was so nice to meet you, Marissa. Nice to meet you.
we'll be in touch. Awesome. Take care. Uh, yeah, you guys have a good rest of your evening. You too. All right, take care. Thank you.